0: chapter thirty six of hands of iceland by victor hugo translated by abby langdon alger this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by Sonya chapter thirty six god keep and bless you my daughter Rignier. monkey parakeets coombs and ribbons all were ready to receive lieutenant frederick his mother had sent at great expense for the famous gudery's latest novel by her order it had been richly bound, with silver gilt clasps, and placed, with the bottles of perfume and boxes of patches, upon the elegant toilet-table with gilded feet and richly inlaid, with which she had furnished her dear son Frederick's future sitting-room. When she had thus fulfilled the careful round of petty maternal cares, which had for a moment caused her to forget her hate, she remembered that she had now nothing else to do but to injure Schumacher and Ethel general levin's departure left them at her mercy so many things had happened recently at munkholm of which she could learn but little who was the serf vessel or peasant who if she was to credit frederick's very ambiguous and embarrassed phrases had won the love of the ex-chancellor's daughter what were baron ordener's relations with the prisoners of munkholm what were the incomprehensible motives for ordener's most peculiar absence at a time when both kingdoms were given over to preparations for his marriage to that ulrica d'ahlefeld whom he seemed to disdain and lastly what had occurred between levin de knut and Schumacher, the countess was lost in conjectures she finally resolved in order to clear up all these mysteries to risk a descent upon munkholm a step to which she was counselled both by her curiosity as a woman and her interests as an enemy one evening as ethel alone in the dungeon garden had just written for the sixth time with a diamond ring some mysterious monogram upon the dusty window in the postern gate through which her ordener had disappeared it opened the young girl started it was the first time that this gate had been opened since it closed upon him a tall pale woman dressed in white stood before her she gave ethel a smile as sweet as poisoned honey and behind her mask of quiet friendliness there lurked an expression of hatred spite and involuntary admiration ethel looked at her in astonishment almost fear except her old nurse who had died in her arms this was the first woman she had seen within the gloomy walls of munkholm my child gently asked the stranger are you the daughter of the prisoner of munkholm ethel could not help turning away her head she instinctively shrank from the stranger, and she felt as if there were venom in the breath which uttered such sweet tones. She answered, I am Ethel Schumacker. My father tells me that in my cradle I was called Countess of Tunsberg and Princess of Wollyn. Your father tells you so, exclaimed the tall woman, with a sneer which she at once repressed. Then she added, You have had many misfortunes misfortune received me at my birth in its cruel arms replied the youthful captive my noble father says that it will never leave me while i live a smile flitted across the lips of the stranger as she rejoined in a pitying tone and do you never murmur against those who flung you into this cell do you not curse the authors of your misery No. "'for fear that our curse might draw down upon their heads "'evils like those which they make us endure.' "'And,' continued the pale woman with unmoved face, "'do you know the authors of these evils of which you complain?' "'Ethel considered a moment and said, "'All that has happened to us is by the will of heaven.' "'Does your father never speak to you of the king?' "'The king? I pray for him every morning and evening,' although i do not know him ethel did not understand why the stranger bit her lip at this reply does your unhappy father never in his anger mention his relentless foes general Arensdorf, bishops bollison and chancellor D'Halfeld? i don't know whom you mean and do you know the name of levin the knud the recollection of the scene which had occurred but two days before between schumacker and the governor of Trondheim. Was so fresh in Ethel's mind that she could not but be struck by the name of Levin de Knut. Levin de Knut said she, I think that he is the man for whom my father feels so much esteem, almost affection. What cried the tall woman, yes, resumed the girl. It was Levin de Knut whom my father defended so warmly day before yesterday against the governor of Trondheim. These words increased the hearer's surprise against the governor of trondheim do not trifle with me girl i am here in your interests your father took general levin de knud's part against the governor of trondheim you say general i thought he was a captain but no you are right my father added ethel seemed to feel as much attachment for this general levin de knud as dislike for the governor of trondheim here is a strange mystery indeed thought the tall pale woman whose curiosity increased momentarily my dear child what happened between your father and the governor all these questions wearied poor ethel who looked fixedly at the tall woman saying am i a criminal that you should cross-examine me thus at these simple words the stranger seemed thunderstruck as if she saw the reward of her skill slipping through her fingers she replied nevertheless in a tremulous voice you would not speak to me so if you knew why and for whom i come what said ethel do you come from him do you bring me a message from him and all the blood in her body rushed to her fair face her heart throbbed in her bosom with impatience and alarm from whom asked the stranger the young girl hesitated as she was about to utter the adored name she saw a flash of wicked joy gleam in the stranger's eye like a ray from hell. She said sadly, <sighs> You do not know the person whom I mean. An expression of disappointment again appeared upon the stranger's apparently friendly face. Poor young girl, she cried, what can I do to help you? Ethel did not hear her. Her thoughts were beyond the mountains of the north, in quest of the daring traveller her head sank upon her breast and her hands were unconsciously clasped does your father hope to escape from this prison this question twice repeated by the stranger brought ethel to herself yes said she and tears sparkled on her cheek the stranger's eyes flashed he does tell me how by what means when he hopes to escape from this prison because he hopes ere long to die there is sometimes a power in the very simplicity of a gentle young spirit which outwits the artifices of a heart grown old in wickedness this thought seemed to occur to the great lady for her expression suddenly changed and laying her cold hand on ethel's arm she said in a tone which was almost sincere tell me have you heard that your father's life is again threatened by a fresh judicial inquiry that he is suspected of having stirred up a revolt among the miners of the north. The words revolt and inquiry conveyed no clear idea to Ethel's mind. She raised her great dark eyes to the stranger's face, as she asked, What do you mean? That your father is conspiring against the state, that his crime is all but discovered, that this crime will be punished with death. Death? Crime? cried the poor girl crime and death said the strange lady seriously my father my noble father continued Ethel. alas he spends his days in hearing me read the edda and the gospel he conspire what has he done to you do not look at me so fiercely i tell you again i am not your enemy your father is suspected of a grave crime I am here to warn you of it perhaps instead of such a show of dislike i might lay claim to your gratitude this reproach touched ethel oh forgive me noble lady forgive me what human being have i ever seen who was not an enemy i have doubted you you will forgive me will you not the stranger smiled what my girl have you never met a friend until to-day a hot blush mantled ethel's brow she hesitated an instant yes god knows the truth we have found a friend noble lady one only one only said the great lady hastily his name i implore you do not know how important it is it is for your father's safety who is this friend i do not know said ethel the stranger turned pale is it because i wish to serve you that you trifle with me consider that your father's life is at stake tell me who is this friend of whom you speak heaven knows noble lady that i know nothing of him but his name which is ordener ethel uttered these words with that difficulty which we all feel in pronouncing before an indifferent person the sacred name which wakes within us every emotion of love Ordner ordener repeated the stranger with singular agitation while her hands crumpled the white embroideries of her veil and what is his father's name she asked in a troubled voice i do not know replied the girl what are his family and his father to me this ordener noble lady is the most generous of men alas the accent with which these words were spoken revealed ethel's secret to the sharp-sighted stranger she assumed an air of calm composure, and asked, without taking her eyes from the girl's face, Have you heard of the approaching marriage of the Viceroy's son to the daughter of the present Lord Chancellor, Dahlefeld? She was obliged to repeat her question before Ethel's mind could grasp an idea which did not interest her. I believe I have, was her answer. Her calmness and her indifferent manner seemed to surprise the stranger. Well? what do you think of this marriage it was impossible to note the slightest change in ethel's large eyes as she replied nothing truly may their union be a happy one counts Guldenlew and dahlefeld the fathers of the young couple are both bitter enemies of your father may their marriage be blessed gently repeated ethel i have an idea continued the crafty stranger if your father's life be really threatened you might obtain his pardon through the viceroy's son upon the occasion of this great marriage oh, may the saints reward you for your kind thought for us noble lady but how should my petition reach the viceroy's son these words were spoken in such good faith that they drew a gesture of surprise from the stranger what do you not know him that powerful lord cried ethel you forget that i have never been outside the walls of this fortress truly muttered the tall woman between her teeth what did that old fool of the levin tell me she does not know him still that is impossible said she then raising her voice you must have seen the viceroy's son he has been here that may be noble lady of all the men who have been here I have never seen but one my ordener your ordener interrupted the stranger she added without seeming to notice ethel's blushes do you know a young man with noble face elegant figure grave and dignified bearing his expression is gentle yet firm his complexion fresh as that of a maiden his hair chestnut oh cried poor ethel that is he it is my betrothed my adored ordener where did you meet him he told you that he loved me did he not he told you that he has my whole heart alas a poor prisoner has nothing but her love to give my noble friend it was but a week ago i can see him still on this very spot with his green mantle beneath which beats so generous a heart and that black plume which waved so gracefully above his broad brow she did not finish her sentence the tall stranger tottered, turned pale, then red, and cried in her ears in tones of thunder. Wretched girl, you love-ordener guldenlef, the betrothed of Ulrica Dallefeld, the son of your father's deadly foe, the viceroy of Norway. Ethel fell fainting on the ground. End of chapter 36